With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, guys. (laughs) You already know the one and only place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. And that place just so happens to be Bojo's, which is honestly one of my favorite um, pizzas here in Colorado. We put an awesome video out on Twitter of some of the DNVR family going and checking out Bojo's Pizza, and it was really, really good. Everyone enjoyed it, except me. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I enjoyed my yeah, little like, pizza, um, but everyone really, really enjoyed that honey cheese bread. No one at this table has tried no, it. I wasn't invited, and am frankly, I was invited. Upset. Either, Drew, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> the bus were in the middle of a coaching search. Drew, at you, the time. Drew, you and I can go together, and That's we're right. go, we're gonna create like a really cool video. Yeah, also. we'll yeah. create our own video. Awesome. Yeah. Team Honey yeah. Forks. Salad bar will be featured a little more in, in our video. Mm. Oh, no. just, sure. just a just fair a warning. Sh- <laughs> it was a fair quick warning. shot in there. I feel a little bit better about not getting invited then. <laughs> be sure to mention <laughs> DNVR and get a free Fine. honey cheese bread with the purchase of any entree at all locations. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landeskog. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dog two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good look. You won't see it from Two-run home run. Trevor Story. Touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders. Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast, presented by Breckenridge Brewery, our favorite beer here, obviously. We also put out an awesome video yesterday about who drinks the most Breck brews in the office. I put a poll out on Instagram, too, and Drew, or not Drew, <laughs> Rudo won. And he's proud. Did I just get La La Land? <laughs> Did, she's like, Can we just come on up here, winner. Oh, no, not you. You're all drinking. Like, this, look at the different size of these two beers real quick. Just That's not, you know, it's not all about size right now size matters it's Drew. i, I yeah. and Rudo. <laughs> <laughs> and all right all right let's jump into the sports you know that's what that's what we cover um for new people who are watching this live stream who are like what is this um let's it's a cold start- brew pizza and beer podcast <laughs> pretty much i mean i would listen to that yeah. <laughs> let's jump into the colorado buffaloes head coach search and now he it is officially now carl durrell um you were in boulder yesterday henry you got to meet carl durrell what are your initial thoughts of him as the new buffs head coach i like him um i think that a lot of buffs fans got really tied to a bunch of different names like 
Alex Grinch from Oklahoma, Graham Harrell from USC, uh, Steve Sarkeesian from Alabama and a bunch of other places. And a lot of those guys we've been hearing about as potential head coaches who are next up for a long time. Um, Carl Durrell, a little bit different vibe. He's, he's somebody who we haven't heard as much about. We haven't been hearing his name like we've been hearing Sarkeesians over the last 10, 15 years. And I think that that caused a little bit of skepticism early on. But after hearing him talk, I was really, really impressed. Um, he, he seems to be coming at head coaching uh, similar to how Bill McCartney did back in the 90s. He brought up Bill McCartney a lot, and it's more of this leadership type of deal where, where he's trying to coach them up as people and maybe let the coordinators deal with the schemes a little bit more. He isn't like that great up-and-coming offensive mind type as much as he is somebody who's going to go into that room and get the most out of everybody. You had a chance to um, talk to a few of the players throughout this entire, I don't even know how to describe yeah, it, except yeah. a bad word <laughs> show. Um, <laughs> what were your takeaways from them? How are they feeling about this entire situation? A lot of them, I, I think right now things have settled down. Throughout the process, there, there were a bunch of different feelings among the different players. Some, some kind of blocked it out and just focused on their work. Others were more affected emotionally by all of this. And it has been a bit of a roller coaster. And you forget that all of them are somewhere between like 18 and 21, 22. Um, but I do think that they have, at least from what I've heard in the last couple of days, they, they, they feel good about Carl and the direction things are going with him. My biggest question with Carl Durrell is, when was he the coach at UCLA? 2003 to 2007. Okay. So he hasn't been a head coach in 13 years? Yep. It's been some time. Yeah. I mean, that's a long time. And, yeah, he should have good recruiting roots still in the Southern California, mm -hmm. which if I'm, if I'm hiring a head coach, that's, like, the top of my priority list probably, uh, which I think is why people got really excited by Steve, Steve Sarkeesian. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh. Although I think we all know he just played us for yep. a race. Yep, he totally did. He pulled the Nick Saban. Um but, like, is that too long to be out of head coaching? Uh, Should that be a cause for concern at all? Well, didn't he say um, yesterday that he in, he was enjoying the direction he was in in the NFL and he would have said no to any other head coaching job, um, especially in college, but he couldn't turn down yeah. CU. Just the college game is so different. It and is. And maybe this mm -hmm. is what you're getting at in terms of putting the power in his coordinators yep. who would probably come from, like, would definitely come from current college programs but the college game is so different now than it was in 2007 it's like a completely different sport same with the recruiting game yeah too. yeah yeah, there, yeah. there's going to be a bunch of adjustments and i actually asked him yesterday do you, do you think you're going to be looking more at nfl assistants or college assistants to come mm -hmm. into colorado and he said he's just looking for good teachers he doesn't care where they come from so it'll be interesting to see how he builds that staff if it is really nfl heavy and it would also help him recruit when he can say you know what Devonte parker in 20 18 went for 600 yards year before that 700 uh, the receiver for the Dolphins and then Carl Durrell took over and he went for 1200 and you have stories like that everywhere he's gone over the last 20 years mm -hmm. with some big name players Rod Smith and Ed McCaffrey mm -hmm. um, first thousand yard or second thousand yard duo in NFL history um, and it was under his tutelage you know he yeah. has he has NFL callbacks yeah. they can use what I do buy about him though is that when he says something like CU is my dream job and the only job I would leave the NFL for, I think that's legit. And yep. like that gives you the Tad Boyle vibes. Of course, 
what he said doesn't really matter if he's a bad coach. Very um, true. Very true. <laughs> you, you know, but like that is, I, I think, a real positive too. I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, even on, um, I did an AMA on Instagram and someone asked, like, how do the buffs get someone like Tad Boyle for football? And unfortunately, I do think it's more of a luck scenario because Tad Boyle really did consider this a dream job, does. And it took time and he had chances to leave multiple times um, early on in his years. And now look at where this program is there. They're actually competing for a possible tournament mm-hmm. run. Yeah. yeah, and Carl Durrell and his wife decided a while back that they wanted to retire to Colorado when he was done with his NFL career. And he said that he, he had been like, when they made that decision, almost thinking, I sure hope there's a position open at CU when that time comes so that we can kind of transition that way. And then a year and a half ago, he and his wife built a house in Lafayette, I think. Um, and he was actually on his way back to Colorado on Thursday. They had the weekend off before the combine. Um and Rick George called the athletic director at Colorado to say, hey, are you interested in this job? Can we talk? And he's like, well, I'm actually flying out there tonight if you want to meet in the next couple of days. So he very much is a Colorado guy. I think he yeah. sticks around. You just have to hope that it all works out. And he does have CU ties besides just wanting to live here. What are those for people who don't know? I think so. 1992, 1993, he was a receivers coach. He coached Charles Johnson and he coached uh, Michael Westbrook, uh, All-American receivers. Uh, mm-hmm. Then... From, I think, 95 to 98, maybe, he was back as offensive coordinator and receivers coach, uh, coach Darren Cheverini, for example, um, who's now receivers coach, recruiting coordinator. He was assistant head coach. We'll see what happens with him. He was also the interim head coach. Is he staying for sure? Well, yeah, we have uh, some questions on the Periscope uh, saying any word on Chev yet or other assistants from what um, Ryan Konigsberg reported from speaking to Chev is that he said – He's still going to work tomorrow, and he I heard has a not rumor. Retired. I heard a rumor that I don't want to repeat on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, but but uh, it's very green, so I just don't want to repeat it. Exactly. It's early. Um, and so what we do know is he wasn't at the press conference. A lot of the assistant coaches were there. He wasn't at the booster event last night. Um, a lot of the assistant coaches were there. He took the Colorado stuff out of his bio on Twitter. Which is a thing we do in 2020, I yeah. guess. Um, so, so we'll see. But again, that dynamic with him and Carl having worked together, because uh, Carl was, like I said, the offensive coordinator when he was a, re- a receiver at Colorado. Mm-hmm. So even two years ago, Chev had really great comments, um, yeah. quotes that he talked about Darrell. And yeah. for a receivers coach, what better position could you be in to advance your career than working under a head coach? Like Carl Durrell, somebody who's gotten the most at receivers at every stop. You learn how to coach receivers even better. You you have some sort of success with your receivers, and you can build a career off of that. How much damage control is there still to do here? Because when Tucker left, there were talk of half a dozen players transferring away from CU at this point. So That's still very much on the table. Um, so far, the only one who's entered the transfer portal that, that I know of is Blake Stenstrom, the backup quarterback. Um, again, you'd expect them to wait until they get a staff in so that they know what to expect. You know, if, if it's Sarkeesian, then the quarterbacks probably want to stay and say, hey, let's see what Sarkeesian can do with me after seeing what he did with Tua Tagovailoa this season um, for when he was there. But I think that a lot of that is still to come. Carl's still going to build out his staff. I think he's finishing up meetings, the one-on-one meetings with all of the coaches today, and then he'll transition into one-on-one meetings with all the players throughout the rest of the week. And... By the end of, I don't know, it might be two more weeks, three more weeks before you get a full staff in and the players decide whether they're staying or going. Mm-hmm. 
We had someone say, um, if Chev leaves, you can consider this entire saga a disaster. I disagree with that. Me too. Um, Chev is obviously a very important part of the buffs and a great person and a great coach. And um, it was pretty obvious that he deserved to get interim head coach um, when this was all going down. But I don't think him leaving would be the end of the world. I hope he doesn't because I really do think he has a connection with the current players and the current pe- players who just signed, but I don't think it would be the end. You of worry the world. about it from just a recruiting standpoint, mm-hmm. right? Because like that was his bread and butter. Like Chev loves to recruit. And, and he loves Colorado. Yeah. And I wish, I wish that it was his time to do this, but um, there's a reason why he wasn't hired. Yep. And uh, from within the program, you know, it, it's they they don't take a one-on-one recruiting approach. It isn't just Chev going into those houses. Chev gets a lot of the credit for a lot of the recruits, and he deserves a lot of credit. But he's not going at that stuff alone. And and there are other really good recruiters. I mean, Corday Hankton, who brought in Ashad Clayton, uh, Brian Mikulowski, a, a whole bunch of these guys who have had a bunch of success, and sometimes some successes get put into the Cheverini category when really they shouldn't be categorized at all. The thing that sucks, and it's not Carl Durrell's fault, but it's so clear that he was not their top choice, their second choice, their third choice, and like CU let it get to a point where that was obvious. We knew that. The recruits know that. Everybody in the country knows that. And, um, I mean, you, you can come back from that, and that's probably also a sign of where CU at, is at as a program. Mm-hmm. Um, but that just kind of put a sour note on things to start. You know? I, I also think that if the players really, really wanted him to be the head coach, then they would ha- go and have a conversation with Rick George. And um, I had heard rumors even during the McIntyre era that players definitely went to go talk to Rick George about their thoughts on things. So if – if this was a really big feel in the locker room that they felt like, hey, Chev deserves to be this, all of us players want this, then Rick George would have heard that out. But mm. from my understanding, so you don't I think don't that happened. think that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't maybe know. Maybe a few players. Sure. Yeah, I'm not maybe I'm not for sure. This is me just speculating, but I know that Rick George hears out the players yeah. and what they want. So Yep, and, and I'll definitely say that this this uh, kind of image that's been thrown around on social media of there just being overwhelming support from everybody within the program that everybody's saying it has to be Chev. I can tell you that that's not true. There's definitely some support, but there are definitely people who say, you know what, I don't, I don't think he's ready. And it, it wasn't quite as unanimous as I think people on Twitter are trying to make it mm-hmm. sound. Well, what do you think of his press conference? Because it was just like the exact opposite of like a Mel Tucker press <coughs> conference. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Mel Tucker is very much, he's an intense guy. Yeah. Um, I think Carl in the first five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, he was up there talking for about 40 minutes. Um, he seemed almost a little bit nervous, um, but then he really turned it on. And I heard from some of the boosters who were at the event last night um, which was close to the media, that the 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 story that was going around there was that he had gotten remarkably better at public speaking in the last, like, six hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and so, so you can see. Well, oh, yeah, I mean, he did not have a public role, really, no, as a wide no. receivers coach for the last, you know, 10 years. And you go back to his last coordinator job at Vanderbilt in 2014, yeah. and it's not like those guys are talking to the media all that much either. Right. It's, it's small groups. Yeah. And once a week. Yeah. Every other week. He seems like a um, program stabilizer, you know. 
Yep. The program's not going to go off the rails with Carl Durrell in, in charge. Yep. And you know? he, he does seem like he has control. He does. <laughs> oh, I was so confused as to what was happening. Andre has some things to say. Oh, oh cool. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, hey, yeah. No, 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 no. I want to hear your things. I want to hear your things. No, I think what we need to mention, though, is he checks off a lot of boxes. Oh, yeah. This I like that. It seems like Rick George likes guys with NFL experience. You know, Mel Tucker had a lot of NFL experience. A lot of the guys that were in the mix, whether last time around or this year, you know, Sarkeesian, Troy Calhoun, mm-hmm. those are all guys who had NFL experience. You wonder how much Biennemi was truly in the mix, but I, I like that they attack. No, They're going after guys who have that next-level experience. He's had Colorado ties. He has ties in a lot of the big recruiting spots. Um, he has experience in the Pac-10, and he's he's a guy who's seen at all levels, both as a position coach and what have you. So I think he checks off a lot of boxes. There's a lot to get excited about, even though he might not be the sexiest. What I th- I loved your question yesterday about where would he add to his it staff. It was a good question, yeah. And he then, said so, too. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> three for three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the people I talked to also <laughs> said so, so. First he answered it, job, and thanks. then he, he very subtly – Humble bragged about some really oh, big yeah. boy names. He listed off about that ten fit into former, his coaching. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So you know, like Kyle Shanahan. I know that's how he starts it off. You know, Dino Kyle Shanahan was a graduate train. assistant right. here. Like right. just, just yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you guys know who Kyle Shanahan and I mean, is? That's gonna help. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna help with recruiting when you're like, you know, I am the reason oh, that yeah. that guy at Syracuse, who's a hot name is a hot name. He got to start with me. Or I am the reason why, you know, the hottest coach in all of football, Kyle Shanahan, you might have heard of him, mm-hmm. got his start in coaching. Um, and he he's the one who threw out the name Tom Cable, which is another name that I've been hearing from other people that is a name to be listening to as we go through this coaching search. Tom Cable was the head coach of the Raiders, has been an offensive line coach for forever. Um, yeah, go ahead and boo him, guy. <laughs> Feel free. I booed him too. But if he's coaching for the Buffs, that's a great get as yeah, an assistant coach. Short of Mike Munchak, maybe the best offensive line coach in the world. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. the connections are valuable. He's really going to be tested as a recruiter immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not with recruiting high school kids for the 21-21 class. It's recruiting the guys he's already got in place and recruiting staff members to come in in February. Yep. So now it really starts, and the next couple of weeks will be a big test. And you're talking about boxes he checks. The big one is that he should be able to put together a staff in late February, which just never happens in college football. You know, a guy like Chev, who's has doesn't have quite as many stops on his record, doesn't have quite as many relationships, he would struggle to do that. A guy like uh, Carl, he he just has so many names in his yeah. contact book that he can go back to and back to and just find, I mean, potentially some big names. I, I agree with what you said, Andre. I just, the fan base, that's I understand why people are upset or freaking out, but what were you expecting? It's not going to be the sexiest hire when you're trying to find someone at the end of February yeah. who wants to be here. Exactly. So I think freaking out about things at the moment or being really upset is just we have no only time will tell what this will be i do want to give a shout out to rick george who definitely had a a hard go of things these last two weeks and is recovering from back surgery when all of this was happening yeah and something that i respect the hell out of rick george for is that he stopped going on the road and stuff and of course rumors came out um that 
Carl uh, Durrell was the head coach during the basketball game, but mm-hmm. he stopped going on the road because he wanted to be there for the men's basketball senior night and the women's basketball senior night. And it just shows that there is obviously football is very, very important for the buffs, but that these other sports do matter, especially to the AD. Yeah, and they were able to keep this entire coaching search under wraps. Very little comes out. You know, be- before the weekend, You, I have a couple people tell me, okay, they're, they're not planning on taking any trips until after the weekend. They're going to be here all weekend. Little did we know that Carl Durrell was in Colorado, and they were doing <laughs> their interviews in Colorado. There was no need to travel. So, like, even that last little bit they had hidden um, – There was one more point that I wanted to touch on, and that's that he was, like, their second choice or third choice or whatever. I mean, obviously, that's what happened. They offered the contract to Sarkeesian. But it is worth noting that their approach to this search was to kind of come up with clusters, to come up with four or five names that they were interested in, and then go through the interview process with that group. Uh, They ended up picking Sarkeesian, and then when Sarkeesian said no, they didn't decide to offer it to anybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then when that happened, they just reset the search they just kind of start over like okay what are what are four or five more names that we're interested in and that's where we got you know uh alex grinch from oklahoma we got graham harrell um and then obviously we also get carl durrell whose name wasn't even leaked until (laughs) it was he was about to sign the contract and so i can't imagine carl durrell is was like in too high demand (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly so so who knows maybe if he had been in that first group of interviews he would have gotten offered the job Mm -hmm. um but he was not the first offered you can't argue with that Last thing I want to ask you, Henry, about this is your thoughts on T.C. McCartney. He, uh, there's some rumors going around yeah. about him possibly being a coach on this team. He was a quarterback's coach for the Broncos last season. Drew Locke raves about his relationship with him. That could be really great going in with uh, Brendan Lewis and having some of these young guys. What are your thoughts on if he could possibly be? Yeah, so just a, a little coach. more background here. T.C. McCartney, if you guys were following the Buffs in the 90s, you've watched the 30 for 30. Um, Sal Linesi was the quarterback who died. Um, he also had a son uh, with the daughter of Bill McCartney, who was the coach at the time, uh, just before he died. Um, and T.C. McCartney is that son. Um, and so he has some serious Colorado bloodlines. Um, uh, I think he's 30 now, turning 31 toward the end of April. Um, he is somebody to keep an eye on for sure. Like Ali said, Drew Locke, Ravesbaum, I've talked to a people who know him well. Um, they don't know that it's going to happen. Um, he's currently an offensive assistant with the Browns. He got fired by the Broncos after the end of the year because he was kind of a Scangarello guy. He came over uh, to, call, or to Denver from uh, the 49ers with Scangarello. And so when they bring in the new offensive coordinator, the quarterback's coach is kind of his right-hand man. They want to give him a chance. But he very much is one of these young, up-and-coming offensive coordinator ty- or offensive mind types who could be on the fast track for an NFL job. He's definitely a name to watch. Whether he can get an offensive coordinator job um, this quickly at 30 is a question. But you already have an offensive head coach who could help him. So if it's you on the table. Him, give it to him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that might be what it takes to pull him away. Uh, I definitely think that's probably what it takes to pull him away, or even like quarterbacks coach slash passing game assistant or passing game coordinator mm-hmm. would work. Um, but definitely keep an eye on that name. This guy's a movie character. Oh, exactly, I love it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like talking about Lavisca Chenault, where it's like <laughs> he just has this superhero backstory. Like, 
how could this not turn out to be right. a great story? Like, I've never heard this guy's name before today. Not even going to lie to yeah. you. But I'd be high school shout out. Yeah. There you go. But you if, haven't heard of T.C. McCart? Come on. I Okay. <laughs> you yell at 90, us about not watching Sugar. Have you not so watched? So far, Andre Simone has said way more on this podcast than I have. And that's <laughs> I because 90% I know. The beer drinkers of, have been quiet. 90% of the names the you guys have dropped so far on the pod, I have no idea who they are. But I feel like I'm learning. I, I hope I'm mm-hmm. absorbing here. But... Your explanation of T.C. McCartney just now, I'm like, I've read this guy's comic book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know this origin story. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. I'm rooting for this person mm-hmm. now, and I'm all for it. So, come on. I don't know anything about the X's and O's or what. I don't know. Yeah. Any of that recruitment stuff. You guys have really nailed down some good analysis. I'm not here for that on the college football level. I'm rooting for this guy. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, just, just to get into the X's and O's this for is a my second. Guy. Yeah, he, how have you, people in the Periscope comments are asking how you haven't watched the 30 for 30, a gospel according to Mac. I have a <laughs> Yeah, you yell at us about not watching Sugar and you haven't seen that one? You are a CU alum. I have a very complicated relationship with the college that I attended. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can well, I leave it there? Uh, yeah, we'll go, leave it at that. Scope buffs, Rudo, I guess. You, <laughs> there we go. At uh, least you got the scope part. Way to yeah, stay young. I, yeah. <laughs> no. oh. You know you're old when someone's telling you that you're staying young. <laughs> hey, way to go, old guy. <laughs> Uh, you said Rudolph, a hip thing. Do you have takes thing. on this? Uh, You've also been quiet. Great CU programs require great coaching hires. I don't know. If we're <laughs> yeah. going with the comic book. Can we get one more? Oh, one more note on T.C. McCartney. Yeah. So he oh. uh, came over from San Francisco. That's the Kyle Shanahan team. Um, as we noted earlier, <laughs> Kyle Kyle Shanahan uh, was an offensive assistant. Uh, I just under want to Thoreau. hold on before you keep going. All these um, ties point out that Henry has to do a podcast every day alone. Um, so these are the reasons he goes really deep dive into certain mm-hmm. stories is because he has to fill an hour by himself hey, every, day. You, every day. I feel every you, day. dude. I'm like, cheers. He's like, oh yeah, Kyle Han- Shanahan. Have I talked about him? He was from here. Mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. You, you learn in sports that every coach has coached under one another at some point in the NBA and NHL yep. and college mm-hmm. and uh, Everything. Yep. 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 It's all just one big coaching tree. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, it is. Definitely. <laughs> Seven <laughs> degrees of Bruce Bochy. Yeah. <laughs> Before we head into a break, I do want to talk about some college basketball. Sorry, Drew and Rudo. A little more college basketball or a little more college talk. But the Buffs have three more road games before the Pac-12 tournament. And the Rams are 19-10 and 10 on the year, 10-6 and six in conference play. We've got some interesting college basketball going on in Colorado. Just got more interesting. What? Uh, well, with that loss to oh, UCLA. Oh, no, 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 What happened? And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I thought the same thing. <laughs> yeah. What happened to McKinley? What? Uh, <laughs> what happened to McKinley? You made my heart stop. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. Uh, but, yeah, they, they kind of had a chance to lock things up with that game mm. against, uh, well, first Oregon, then UCLA. They could have kept the lead. Now they're in the mix for sure to win the Pac-12 title, but by no means are they running away with it. Uh, they've got to win out. They have two games yeah. on the road this weekend, Cal and Stanford, and then next Utah. weekend they go to play at Utah. they got to win them all. They need two or three teams to lose games to win the regular season title. I mean, they, the three home losses are definitely killer for the Buffs, um, but there is a chance that... Uh, there is a six-way tie for first place in the Pac-12. Oh, very <laughs> wow. much alive. There very is much alive. a chance of that, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, 
what are a few things you'll be looking for in these next few games for the Buffs? You know, Who needs to step up? There's just certain time periods where the Buffs are extremely frustrating because, and it's not their fault, but they just go dry. And like in this UCLA game, they went thirteen or nine minutes without with one field goal. Like it just they're shooting shots aren't going in. That's really hard to control. Um, but it's crazy that those droughts happen for so long. Yeah, but. You know, asking me what I'm looking for with this team, it's kind of a weird question because I feel like at this point in the season, we kind of know what the team is. Like, we know that sometimes they just get stagnant on offense. We know that sometimes the turnovers flare up. We know that sometimes the offensive rebounding flares up or allowing offensive rebounds. And and that's just kind of what this team is. And throughout a college basketball season, you just kind of learn and learn. And it's just whether they can mitigate these same issues that have caused problems whenever they've shown up you know yeah. it's 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 a weird thing Some, i don't know someone asked how deep of a run can they make it in march henry i mean as kale was saying before the podcast anybody <laughs> can get lucky um right now what they're looking at like a five seed which means you play a 12 seed in the first round you think that That's they the upset if they don't yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. yes it is I'll, I'll answer this if this team doesn't make it to the sweet 16 it's a massive disappointment yeah. Massive. Oh. Massive yeah. disappointment. Okay. I don't I like think it. it's I if them making it to the sweet sixteen would be fantastic in my opinion. I think that would be a great a great win for this program. I think that they should make it further, but it is March Madness and it is madness for a reason. This is the most it's gonna be one of the more experienced teams in the entire tournament. Yep. That's something that really wins out a lot in kind of like a tournament style setting. And I mean, look, this is the year that this team has been building towards for the last three years. It is like, this is the year to make it, it happen. And, um, I think they got to make it to the sweet 16. Like, yeah, it's a matchup game in the tournament, but I mean, this team is at, is experienced enough is, has that top end talent that it's needed to win a couple games uh, should have the coaching. Um, so I, I'm expecting a sweet 16. That means beating a 12 seed and be beating a four seed. If you come in at number five, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely think that's very much on the table. Yeah, and I, I feel like they'd be a little underseeded as, like, a five. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. I, I still think that they probably fall in as a four, maybe get the three. I mean, if they go through and win the tournament, then who knows. But, yeah, I, I do think that that's what this team is capable of. But, again, if the question's just when those same problems that have – shown their it's their faces all season flare up again and if they flare up then it makes games that they should win a lot tighter just mm -hmm. like that ucla game i yeah. am laughing because the person who asked uh how far of a run kept keep saying say my name and their <laughs> handle is mark kisla 69 so there you go i said <laughs> it for you um, love you kiss they yeah. would not yeah. stop yeah, doing it so thanks for listening kiss um the people who are saying i am the glue thanks i just feel like i'm the sister yeah. or mother <laughs> sometimes um justin you're on the periscope watching so uh give us some Go rams. csu rams basketball takes are they relevant are they are they in the they tournament? are well I mean, i'm looking at the mountain i think West. they're going to the nit Three, Unless four, they five, win the six, Mountain West, way better than their football team. They yeah. are sixth in the Mountain West right now, ten and six, nineteen and ten. Like I was saying, they're that's on a win streak. That's not going to do it. But you know, I'm so used to going to the NIT is is a great win it, for the program. Yeah. I agree, yeah. it really would be. Um, all right, well, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, it is. It would be it really is. honestly. Good. Yeah. I mean, the this is not in like just or anything. It's 
good. It's really good for the CSU program to get to the NIT. Yeah. And mm-hmm. to be, they'll probably be a pretty good seed in the NIT too. And last comment I want to make about Buffs basketball that makes me excited for the future is the fact that Lucas Stewart and Gatling, Shane Gatling, are two seniors who will definitely be missed in this program. But the rest of the team is most likely still coming back. Um, maybe you'll see uh, Tyler Bay make a NBA draft run or something like that. But this team is still young. They still have some really good players. So mm-hmm. the future is still bright for that program. Justin said they're NIT bound if they win one game in Vegas, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Tourney bound next year. Hey. Oh, okay. Mm. There's no way Shane Gatling isn't a professional wrestler. (laughs) (laughs) I love your takes. (laughs) I love your little. I just keep thinking some of these names are made up. Like, you guys could throw one in there. Like, do it and just see if I pick up. Like, which one? Yeah, just throw one in as you're talking about. Shane Gatling? Gatling. Come on. Let's go, dude. Yeah. It is a great name. Goaltender Baron DeFranco is just. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. How about LaVisca Chenault, though? I at least know that that's a real person. That's like the one college athlete I know. Justin said any form of postseason is a win at this point for CSU. Um, Our guys, our Broncos guys are down in Indianapolis, or I would say up. Uh, up, um, over. up yeah. over. Over. Over yeah. that way up. in Indianapolis. Um, and they're getting some awesome stories from the Combine, including a uh, LaVisca Chenault story, so be sure to check out that on the DNVR.com. They're eating a lot of shrimp cocktail, too. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And it's they're like trying a, to get yeah. Mace to hop on the Bachelor bandwagon. Yeah. Oh, poor Mace. I feel it so really bad. Yeah. Like come aboard, Mace. Mace come I feel aboard. you, bro. <laughs> I was watching come last night, and a source called with like five minutes left when Madison. No spoilers, no spoilers. I can't spoil. I don't know. I can't spoil. I don't know what happened is the I point. Oh. I, I, I couldn't even real. watch. Okay. Oh. Yeah, so I don't know. Anyways, you guys have Thanks, your own Rudo. little. No, you have a gamers. You don't have your comic yeah, book. I watched. Gamers. I watched your Twitch stream of the baseball game yesterday. Oh no! Oh, gave up oh. too, too many home yeah. runs. Oh, Not no. the hockey game. Oh no! I came back. <laughs> oh yeah. no! Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Well, with <laughs> no, that, one. It was stuck. squad over here. Yeah, I want baseball so bad. Over there, uh. man. <laughs> With that, guys, we've had so much snow. It's another cold day today, windy, probably going to snow again. I feel like it snowed every other day for the last three weeks. Um, but if it does snow, Denver Rubber Company is your one-stop shop for anything snowplows. DRC is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing and custom hoses. Be sure to call them today for any snowplow needs. 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and tell them who sent you. Speaking of hard things that uh, sometimes I mess up while saying, we're going to go into the Avs and the <laughs> NHL trade deadline. Fun names. Vladislav Nemestikov. 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 Yeah. second end gets you. Not oh, Vladimir. Man, I said Not it wrong Vladimir, on my video right? yesterday. Vladislav. Vladisla- no, Vladislav. 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 Yeah. I thought it was like Vladislav Kamenev. Yeah. You, you just said it the same way. Vladislav. Vladislav, Vladislav, Vladislav. To be fair. What are these? I, I don't, I'm, I'm confused again. I literally sat and watched your live stream over and over and just over again as you guys were saying it. I was like, okay. 
And in my video, I was like, bear with me, guys. I'm just going to call I don't him, know. I'm calling him Nico, so it's fine. Nico? Yeah. Mm. It's going to be Nico oh. Miko? Almost more confusing. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, Excellent it'll work. be more confusing if Nico provides as much I, it, that wouldn't As be confusing. Nico. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen. All right. But. So Nico and Michael Hutchinson were the two guys that the Avs got uh, right before the NHL trade deadline happened yesterday. You guys did like a two-hour live did. stream pod, so go check that out um, when the news was breaking. How do you feel about these two moves? Who are you expecting to be more of an impact on the ice immediately? Um. The Hutchinson move just isn't going to be that impactful. It He might play a handful of games at most. He's emergency depth to make sure they have two goaltenders they're willing to play while Grubauer is out. And Grubauer is expected to be back before the season's over. So they really are just looking at a couple of back-to-backs they have left on the year they're going to want him to play. And he has over 100 NHL games experience. That's why they went out and got him. They weren't comfortable playing someone like Miska who has two games yeah. of experience. Um I'm not a huge fan of that move. I would have been fine playing Miska or, or calling Werner back up, doing something like that. I don't think it was necessary, but they gave up Callie Rosen. He's borderline NHL or wasn't really making the Avs roster. So the the value there is fine, just not very impactful. I saw people talking about if the Avs wanted a goalie, why didn't they go get some uh, someone yeah. off the waivers a few days earlier? Yeah, they could have had Louis Domingue completely for free off of waivers and picked him up. Um, the difference there is Domingue would have had to be on their NHL roster, and that got a little awkward. Now that the trade deadline's passed, the NHL roster can be as big as you want it to be. You can have a million players on it, but before the deadline, there's a 23-player max, so they would have had to do some juggling with certain players, and, and it would have been a little bit tight, especially dealing with all the injuries that they are. Players would have had to go on to IR, players that were called up would have had to be sent down it would have gotten a little bit awkward again I'd have been fine with that I think Domingue is just as good a goalie as Hutchinson is from that standpoint but ultimately they didn't give up a ton so it's fine it's just not going to matter that much the Nemesnikov one should matter more he's going to play every single day for this team he does make their depth better he specifically, on the penalty kill, this is a guy who penalty killed for Ottawa all year. He leads the NHL in shorthanded goals. Sure, probably a little bit unsustainable, but still, the Avs penalty kill has been a huge issue for them. Grubauer is one of the best goaltenders in the league at 5-on-5. Five five. His penalty kill save percentage is killing him because the Avs are just not doing enough to help him out. So that's where Nemesnikov should have the biggest impact. He can chip in offensively. Goes to the front of the net a lot, finds rebounds, cleans up some goals. If you can get him in high shot volume situations, he can probably help you, but that's not a huge part of his game. So ultimately, it was not a huge trade deadline day for the Avs. It sounded like there were a lot of things they were working on that just didn't quite get done in time or the price so like wasn't the quite right. It was a lot like the Nuggets. <laughs> Heard that it was story before. a lot like the Nuggets deadline where things just didn't quite yeah. click. The at Nuggets the end of the deadline day. slash summer every year. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the Avs got the summer right this year for once, and yeah. then they didn't at the deadline. Yeah. So, um, Some comments from the Periscope real quick. Justin said, you guys are the best. We love you, Justin. Um, Eric said, this is shameful, and I'm not sure what he was talking about. I'm going to guess The Bachelor. Yeah, talk. I'm going with The Bachelor yeah. talk on that one. I don't think so. 
don't he know. He seems like uh, a bachelor guy. Someone asked how many brick bruises <laughs> Rudo not. had today. <laughs> One. One. Yeah. And then someone said, I like the guy pounding the beer. <laughs> Which one of you? Which one of us is that? <laughs> How much is left? Uh, well, he is a tall boy. Yeah. So we both had about one. Yeah. <laughs> so far. All right. Well, we had an Avs also, watch like party on Saturday. Yeah. And when the Avs beat the Kings 2-1, a revenge game, shootout game, Oh, my God. It was so much fun at the watch party. The videos are hilarious. Rudo is running around or yeah. just on the ground. You're a legend, dude. Uh, Rudoing is the new term. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Drop to your knees and, and celebrate. I, <laughs> the thing is, I'm not even a big fan of the shootout. Uh, but when you get it down to that kind of point where the game is on a dude's stick, like make yeah. or break, that's awesome. I, I love stuff like that. And and Donskoy came through huge, made Quick look like a jerk, and then Quick got mad and broke his stick over the <laughs> he net. He got so, so mad. Yeah. It's always fun to watch Quick get mad. It's, it's the best part of beating LA most <laughs> of the time. Um, but, yeah, a big win for the Abs is they rattle off three wins in a row yeah. as well to get a six points there on this, oh, I guess, one of the games was at home, but they win both games with a back-to-back to get four points into the all the deadline. Yeah, the deadline break, and this is it's go time now. They don't yeah. get another two-day break for the rest of the year. Wow. It's every other day or These more schedules. Let's yeah. do that hockey. <laughs> a lot of a lot of doing that. A lot of doing the hockey, and it's it's gonna be survival mode until they can start to get healthy again um, yeah. Burakovsky unfortunately was in a no contact jersey at practice today as uh-huh. was Matt Nieto uh. so the injuries seem to just keep rolling through for this team and Kadri? Kadri's still weeks out weeks Same yeah with Nico. Miko's weeks uh, out Calvert's Calvert. still totally unknown Grubauer's probably a couple weeks away it you they just need to get through February in the first half of March and survive and they have a lot of weaker teams to play in that time. So they can do well, get healthy, make that last three-week, last-month push. And it's going to be tight. I don't know if they can take the one seed in the Central, but they have a real chance to do so. So they take the they take on the Sabres Wednesday night. Yep. Then the Hurricanes. Yep. That's going to be a tough one. And then that's a back-to-back with the Preds. I will be going to that game in Nashville Ooh. At Bridgestone Arena. Ayo. Really, really excited. Wow. Um, I've never been to an Avs away game, so you know I'll be repping. You'll probably get to see Michael Hutchinson's first game as an Av then. Aw, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> She's like, maybe I won't go. <laughs> I wanted to be yelling Frankie's him. name, which we were doing a lot of that at yeah, the Yeah, there was party. a lot was a of cheers obnoxious. for Frankie, for sure. I mean, you got to in the shootout because he's kind of a big deal when yeah. it comes to the shootout. Oh, the shootout. He, he, didn't give, he didn't give up a goal Not either. A this no. first NHL he, shootout. He didn't give up a real goal in that entire game. Yeah. One yeah, penalty no. shot. Is yeah. the only thing that Which got scored that on. I ran over to Rudo for that penalty shot. I was oh, like, no. "What? Why? What? What?" I, and Rudo's like, "I don't know. I'll just go back." Was, over there. Just, just nothing you can do. It's I would I don't know what There's, to say about it because the Az make that play happen every third game and don't get the penalty shot call, and then it happens against them, and you just shrug your shoulders yeah. and go NHL refing. I don't know. Yeah. It, all refing. Yeah, all refing. <laughs> Definitely fair. Yeah. Um, and right here it says Francois named NHL's first star of the week. Not surprising. Yeah, you you pitch a shutout and you go three zero and one and give almost up two shutouts. Almost as well. deserved to be two shutouts. Maybe deserved to be three shutouts. <laughs> honestly, 
Uh, goals against average of like 1.4, and that includes the game where he gave up four goals against Tampa Bay. Uh, the other three games he gave up two goals and just played incredibly. That's exactly what the Avs need from their, their depth players while players are out. If he keeps doing that, Avs are winning the Central. It's that let's simple. Go. Let's go. <laughs> Do you have any Drew Creaseman from the Crease takes? On on the abs, I had less this last week because I was so focused on the e bug thing. Yeah. Like that was special, special story. That's the best thing in sports. This, like the the existence of the possibility yeah. of a forty two year old Zamboni driver <laughs> winning. Yeah. So at the professional level, I mean, it's yeah. A, explain it, Rudo, for it, maybe people who yeah. weren't watching. If you don't know, in hockey, they have an e bug emergency backup goalie for every single game, which is provided by the home team. They sit in the arena. Dude hanging out. They stand for both teams. Both teams have both their goalies in their lineup. If both of them get hurt, there's a guy in the arena who usually plays like beer league locally or or maybe was semi-pro for a little while that he comes down, has to get dressed, and, and goes in for the team. And this one happened in Toronto, and the away team, the Carolina Hurricanes, had both of their goalies get hurt. And this guy who practices with the Maple Leafs minor league team, who grew up in Toronto who was a huge Leafs fan his entire life, comes in and plays against them, gives up two goals on his first two shots. Sure. And you're thinking, oh, no. This guy's about to get embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, and then he does not give up another goal for the rest of the game. The Hurricanes won 6-3, I think, is what the final score ended up being. Yeah. And this is the second time in a couple of years Scott Foster, for those who know, mm. was the first e-bug to really do this and, and get a win for Chicago. It's... It's kind of incredible that it's happened twice. I think emergency backups have the best record in the NHL at, the, at this <laughs> point. Uh, maybe they should try it a little bit more, but it's just an awesome story. And, and the guy's, like, super famous now. He went on the Colbert show the that's, other that's day. Yeah, he's really <laughs> loving life with it. I mean, comments after the game, he said that after that second period, or during that second period, he was real nervous. Oh, yeah. And he told the guys, I promise you, I'll be better in the third, and yeah. he really was. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, you can't blame him. How the possibility of that, that's crazy. Well, I, Toronto's got some of the best forwards in the league. John Tavares coming down on this guy, 42-year-old Zamboni, 42 Zamboni driver. <laughs> like, you expect him to score every time on that guy, and he's like, nope, glove save, got you. It's it's a, like this is the dream for like anyone who's ever like if you've ever played a musical instrument a handful of times yeah. and then gone to a show, you're like, Maybe they'll need to pull me out of the audience, and I'll have to play <laughs> with Led Zeppelin, man. But, like, that never happens. Right. Led Zeppelin never needs you to get up on stage and play. But this night they did for this dude. Like, it's so amazing. It's, it's also very unique because you can't really see this happening in any other sport. There's just – it, it no, wouldn't happen No, I've seen a lot football. of people trying to make, like, baseball analogies. Like, this would be like pulling a dude out of the stands and having him go three innings and give up two runs. And I'm like, it's not like that. Yeah, because they have a bullpen. <laughs> like, there's just no – there's like logistically, there's just no it's other just, sport. Yeah, it's just yeah. hilarious that this is a rule in hockey. Mm -hmm. Like right. in <laughs> baseball, you know, you just get another position player to, yeah. to yeah. be the pitcher. Yeah. In football, like you would have somebody else be the kicker. Yeah. You know? yeah. Can you imagine in basketball if everybody like fouls out, you're down to four guys, you can just pull one of the guys out of the stands right. to play for you? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. yeah. The <laughs> fact that it's you. it's an actual rule in hockey uh -huh. is right. hilarious. Um, Blaze said, can't wait for the Disney movie about it. I think it, mm. there will be a movie. There better be. Yeah. I mean, it That's an easy movie. So the funny thing is... Easy. Easy 100 at, at risk of, of 
touching on some some sore nerves in the hockey world. This happened against Toronto, and so immediately after it happened, the league is like, maybe we should change this rule and stop it from happening. Boo! I know, and they're like, well, it would have had he been in the Marley's gear and just like gotten out of the way of shots and let the Leafs win, that would have been bad. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, it's hmm. hilarious. What a great story. Now moving on to some Nugs talk. They play tonight against the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Um, they had a great win over the Timberwolves on Sunday, f- facing former players Juancho Hernan Gomez and Malik Beasley. And, I mean, Malik was preparing for like three hours before the game. Malik was preparing for war. Literally. I will see the end of you. <laughs> <laughs> he had a solid night, I think 17 points. Yeah. Uh, Gary Harris, but when Gary Harris was defending him, Gary Harris shut him down. He had a, a good performance on Sunday as well. Yeah, that was probably you know one of the more encouraging signs from that game. Like Gary Harris has been solid on defense this entire season. And like you mentioned, Allie, I think he – held Malik without obviously a basket, but maybe without like more than a couple touches over the first seven, eight minutes of the game. But um like Gary Harris got in a little bit of an offensive rhythm. Yeah. He did, I was gonna say, are we talking about good defense in a game that was like hundred and thirty to hundred and fifty? Yeah. <laughs> well yeah, I was just talking individually on okay. uh, Malik Beasley <laughs> because that was like Malik Beasley's game seven of the NBA finals. Sure. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. I mean his mom even before he left uh, yeah, Denver yeah. said he's gonna drop fifty yeah. on you. And he was preparing oh, all yeah. day as well, if he was. It was so funny. So I actually went to Minnesota Timberwolves practice. They practiced here on Saturday um, over at Denver West High School the media gets let into the gym in like during NBA practice for like the last five minutes guys usually shooting and then they come over and do media stuff we walk into the gym Malik is running wind sprints the full <laughs> length of the floor <laughs> uh, like, he really was preparing for he, war. and then you know Sunday he comes to the gym at like 10 a.m yeah 10 yeah, 11 for a shooting session for the four o'clock game then comes back you know for his normal warm-up at like two Gets two warm-ups in. So, yeah, he was preparing for war. But no, no, on the Gary Harris front, look, we all know he's been abysmal offensively for the entire season. Terrible from three-point land. Uh, a mess around the basket. But, you know, ha- showed some positive signs in that game. Hit a couple threes. Had some a couple nice finishes around the rim. So, you know, it's not going to change in one or two games. It's not going to change in one or two weeks. But... You know, maybe you know he's he's making some strides on that end. Yeah. Paul Millsap also had a great game. Yeah. He he was just incredible, especially in that first quarter. Yeah. When when they're matching Wancho up against him, I know. Like he just eats him alive. <laughs> well, we were talking about it. The first when we saw starting lineups come out, we're like, all right, Wancho at power forward for Minnesota, Paul Millsap at power forward for Denver. We were like, our right, first play of the game is definitely gonna be a post up for Paul Millsap, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the second and the third. And then sure enough, Wancho picks up three thousand the first four minutes of the game. <laughs> Barely plays in the first half. We got to talk about um, how happy the players were to see Juancho and Malik. But, like, the smiles on Juancho's face during the video tribute. And, I mean, he kind of wrote, like, a letter to Denver saying that he wouldn't be who he was without the Nuggets in Denver. And it was just – it was really awesome to see. Yeah. So, so, I mean, back at that uh, Minnesota practice, um, Malik Beasley spoke with the media and was in just – you know, super tunnel vision, yeah. Mamba mentality mode. Um, no, this is just another game. I don't have any emotion coming back to Denver. And then Wancho gets up there and has one of the more heartfelt, impassioned, genuine 
media sessions that I've ever covered as a journalist and just goes on like this two minute rant about how thankful he is that the Nuggets drafted him, made his dream come true, made this, you know, 20 year old kid from Spain's dream come true and how thankful he is to everybody in the Nuggets. Now he wouldn't be this man he is today without Denver. And it was just pretty funny comparing those two back to back, but not surprising. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was great though. And then, yeah, obviously the game was emotional for him and, um, I don't know if you guys saw the video of when he gave away his jersey yeah. Yeah. to uh, you know a Nuggets fan, and, and that was wearing a Spain or had a Spain flag. She had mm-hmm. tweeted the story of yeah. that is she had tweeted at him. She has been Juancho's biggest fan forever now. When he got traded, she was tweeting that she was like crying and all this stuff, and she had all of his jerseys, and so she tweeted at him like, "Oh my God, can we please swap jerseys? Like I need your Minnesota Timberwolves jersey." Mm-hmm. And then he like liked a comment or something, and then her next tweet was like. In all caps, like, oh my God, Wancho <laughs> liked my comment. I don't know what to yeah. do. And then he, she, like, so many people, Nuggets Twitter really, like, rallied behind mm. her to try and get her to get that jersey. And it happened. And she was, like, in tears. Yeah. It was really good. She also has the best Twitter handle I of all Nuggets. Yeah. RK was saying, he was like, oh my God, every time someone wants to talk about her, they have to tag her Twitter handle, which <laughs> is. Serbian hooker. (laughs) (laughs) And then after the game, Wancho does a lap through the Nuggets locker room, saying what up to everybody. And it was just like, oh, but to to the story, like that's why people connected with Wancho because he was just so real and so genuine. And in the NBA, that's kind of a lost currency. You know, you don't see that a lot Mm. with guys, but Mm -hmm. you see that, you know, with somebody like Nikola Jokic, you see that with Wancho. So that's why people kind of latch on to those guys. Yeah. You know, I was sitting at that game with uh, D line, and I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Actually, no, no, no. I'm happy. That's yeah, good. That's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. That's great. It's, it's an interesting experience. He always like teaches me how to yell, and he's like, "No, you're gonna ruin your voice if you yell like that." So be like, like <laughs> I'm still terrible at it. There's techniques for yelling. But yeah, oh, so we're like, hundred percent. Yeah, that's a real thing. That's what he says. He's oh, like, "You're gonna destroy a class we teach." <laughs> I just <laughs> lose my voice. You need to give him a series. Is it so you don't lose your voice? Because maybe I need that lesson. Because I always lose my voice. I honestly, maybe my voice is like this from the amount of sports cheering. Exactly. Like you know those singers, like metal singers, who do that. If you do that wrong, you can only do that three or four times, and then your music career is over. So you, yeah, you have to train. There's a way to train your vocal cords to make a sound like that and not have it this is the most expertise i've brought to this entire <laughs> podcast hold on we're talking about vocal cords <laughs> the weirdest thing for me is when i'm yelling uh, and i like lose my voice i don't lose it the next day i lose it the day after that which uh, i think is really weird wow that is weird. like that is after weird. the nebraska game that sunday had my voice was totally fine kept talking all that Monday, I was like, hello. I was like, wow. what happened? <laughs> you didn't take your recovery Delayed day. vocal cord. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So how was Itis. it watching the game? With oh, yeah. Back so, to the so I was watching the game with <laughs> D-Line, which was a blast. So there was a moment when I think, like, Tori Craig fouled Malik, mm-hmm. and Malik stepped over Tori. Yeah, it was like Iverson stepping over Ty Lue. Exactly. And, and I looked at D-Line, I was like, what are the odds Please that Malik puts that? No, I like D-line better. That's what he's known as in the chat. That's I, what he pops up as. I only call him D-line too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so I like looked over him. I was like, what are the odds that Malik Beasley posts a picture of him stepping over Tory Craig on his Instagram? And yeah. had they won, I think they would have done it. But that was kind of like the storyline that I was holding out hope for. 
Yeah. <laughs> is the Panthers out hope for a Nuggets loss? <laughs> well, no, no, maybe not. Maybe not that. But I did want to see him post that picture of him stepping over Tory Craig because it's just so yeah, symbolic see, of everything. You want to see get a little testy. A little, exactly. You want to see the juices flow a little. Yeah. yeah. And there were like some boos when he went to the line after yeah. that. And I was like, I, I kind of yeah. like this. Like, let him be the bad guy. I think he wants yeah. to be the bad guy. Which is tough because, like, yeah. I mean, he, he even got a technical. He did, but that was confusing. We know you're not a bad dude. Like you're, yeah, no. you're angry yeah, right yeah. now, it's like Malik, we, and we all yeah. understand why you're angry. So we're yeah. all, we're almost not going to be angry yeah. back at you. Yeah. Like we're we we knew both those guys wanted to get traded. Yeah. They want yeah. to play more. They deserve and to play. They deserve to play more. They deserve to play more. They deserve the Timberwolves, right. and, and there's a reason. Right. Save the anger for when they move MPJ. Well, oh, don't oh. say that. What? Don't, don't say that. that. That's erroneous. Don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. Maybe we should save it for when they move McKinnon. Um, <laughs> Kale McCarr. Yeah. You brought up MPJ. So Fair. <laughs> they, won't, they won't do either of those things, so we're good. I saw a lot of people on social media very upset with Michael Malone and game management, um, which I feel like isn't anything new. Um, but... MPJ was put in for garbage time minutes, and even even you guys tweeted, like, MPJ isn't a garbage time player. Yeah. And he barely played in the beginning. I mean, he also got, like, three fouls pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was one of the reasons. But what's been going on with him after the break? He was in getting into a rhythm, and then the All-Star break happened, and now he's kind of been quiet. Yeah, I mean, he was playing amazing and uh, leading up to the All-Star break. Then he got hurt, and he hurt his ankle. Yeah. Missed, like, you know, the – last couple games before the break let's come back yeah he's been a little rusty uh, hasn't had that same rhythm um but yeah he's had a really short leash on him um he's been getting pulled you know uh michael malone mentioned before that minnesota game how he wasn't really a fan of his shot selection in that first game out of the break against the thunder and um I, i felt like that was definitely the reason why he got pulled after three minutes in the first half in that game and then, uh, yeah, this Minnesota game happens, and he plays a regular first-half stint. Again, looks a little rusty, and um, you know, then doesn't play again in the second half until garbage time. But it, it's tough because you know this is what it was like at the beginning of the season. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. this is exactly what it was like in November, where kind of based on how he looks in that first stint, that determines his playing time in the second half. And, and we saw how you know a couple months ago. That did not lead to, you know, productive games from him. And he only started finding rhythm when the coaching staff showed confidence in him. And they're yeah. like, all right, you know, we're going to give you this chunk of minutes every half, really, regardless of how you play. Let you play through your mistakes. And for some reason, that's not happening anymore where it happened pre-All-Star break. And pr- probably some of that has to do with now the Nuggets are fully healthy. And yeah. when MPJ was really going off, you know, Jamal Murray wasn't in the lineup. They were down a couple guys. So that led to that, maybe led to more minutes as well. But, I mean, they got to give more playing time. Uh, they've got to. I, I think the top priority, if not, you know, 1B on the Nuggets priority list over the next two months is to get him back to the rhythm he was in before the All-Star break. Because he can be an absolute difference maker in the playoffs. And, you know, how he looks right now, he's not going to be a difference maker. So they've got to get him back to that point. 
Especially with injuries happen. We're seeing this with the Avs. It's, there's still a lot of time left. Yeah. Um, oh, there is a lot of time left. 25 games left. Uh, a lot can happen. I think his minutes gradually continue to climb. And eventually, I would speculate that he gets back up to, you know, the 18 to 20 minutes that he was playing previously before the All-Star break. But it's just a little concerning that, you know, coming out of the All-Star yeah. break, everybody's healthy. All right, we got this final push. And, you know, there's still some indecision about what his role is right now this is a thing that coaches or i guess in my case managers do right i can't remember who we were having this conversation amongst the staff recently about how like there's so much more comfort especially if you're like looking at your gm and your owner like you got me these veteran players you're paying them x amount of money i gotta play these guys i know the rockies get a really hard time for this for like playing ian desmond over ryan mcmahon a couple of years ago and that whole dynamic but it's like this is, I think, a thing that it's just a bias that a lot of head coaches and, yep. and managers have because it's so much easier to point at a guy who's got like a six or seven year long resume and go, I'm going to count on him to be what I know he can be. Even if what that is isn't especially great, yep. I'm going to count on him to be what he can be because this kid, MPJ or whoever else, you know, Ryan, there's so many question marks and we're trying to go for it right now. And I don't want this sort of thing I don't know what to expect even if sometimes yep. what I'm not expecting Coaches, is going to be better. They love stability right? They'll yeah. take the 3 of 10 every single night compared to the maybe he's 9 of 10 or maybe he's 1 of 10 Right. Yeah. And we've definitely seen that with Malone. And especially yeah. like Gary Harris and Malik Beasley is exactly that like we know what Gary Harris can be but then Malik Beasley, it's sad to see him go because we know like what he could be in the future but Gary's yeah. already shown it and yeah. it's frustrating Yeah. The other thing is you know that trade part of what it did was open up in in uh in theory more minutes for mpj yeah. mm -hmm. you know because <laughs> right now he's playing the minutes that malik beasley did play at shooting guard when he was here in denver and um wancho's not here anymore so in theory that was supposed to open up more minutes for him it hasn't yeah you know, it hasn't so well, they take on the Pistons tonight, but the big game will be on Friday against the Clippers. We are having a watch party at the Blake Street Tavern for yeah. that. So Come be on sure out. to RSVP. It's going to be a blast. The Avs guys think that the Nuggets guys can't have as much fun or has have it as what was your statement, Rudo? As much fun <laughs> as you're showing well, flexing. I think AJ made the official statement, so I don't know. It was something like their their party won't be as exciting as ours. Ours we had a banging party what was it, like seventy plus I think people it was around 100 up. people. Yeah, yeah. almost 100 people. Yeah. And everyone was, was cheering, and obviously the shootout was amazing. So. I don't know if you guys saw the comment. I saw one on Twitter that said, we came to the party, but it was so full, and we didn't know, so we just sat at a booth outside and listened to the party. I was like, well, That's oh. why you got to get there early. And, and RSVP. And yes. RSVP so that we can pick the room that fits everybody. Right. Yes. We need to know you're coming. When everybody RSVPs on the last day, you can't get the right spot True. and besides that when you are svp you get entered to win tickets for the games and uh merch giveaways throughout the game so just a lot of reasons make you know what at the end of the day make Lindsay, our sales director happy and rsvp do it for her she does so much for us <laughs> do it for her it we makes her life so much easier when people rsvp and you get all of those added benefits for it but that Clippers game right now, the Nuggets are one game, or the Clippers are one game back of the Nuggets for yeah. second place. Uh, they do play the Pistons. I don't know if the Clippers play anyone else before that, yeah, probably. I'm not sure. But 
what are a few things you'll be watching for in that? Well, in the uh, last matchup between Nuggets and Clippers, Jeremy Grant did a really good job on Kawhi Leonard, which is obviously, you know, the key cog for the Clippers. So I would expect to see a lot of that. And then Paul George didn't play in that last game. So this is really the Nuggets' first, I believe, look at a full-strength Clippers team. Yeah, they play uh, the Suns tomorrow, actually, the Clippers. So yeah, toss-up game on the road or at home? On, on the road. On the road. On the That's road. a toss-up. Yeah. Suns yeah. just beat um, Jazz. The Jazz. That was crazy. On the road. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it should be a great game. The Nuggets and Clippers, it's interesting because the Lakers right now in the West are, are the top dog. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, I – I don't know if I can see see the Nuggets beating the Lakers in the series right now. Yes, it could happen, but don't say that. It, it would take a lot of things going Denver's way for it to happen, especially <laughs> without <laughs> home court. Yeah, I mean, I could just see the Lakers going like four one four one four one to the finals right now. Um, but I think the Nuggets can beat the Clippers in a series, though, even with Kawhi Leonard, even with Paul George, because the Clippers have no matchup for Nikola Jokic. And nobody in the league really does. But the only team Jokic has really struggled with, and struggled is a strong word. He still put up, like, big stats, but Denver hasn't won these games. It's against the Lakers and Anthony Davis. It's really mm-hmm. the only team he hasn't totally mastered yet. He's beat Gobert, you know, multiple times this season. Uh, he's beat Towns. He's beaten Bead. But um, the, the Lakers and Davis is kind of the one hump he can't get over right now. Uh, but the Clippers can't guard him, so – I think they could win that series. Yeah, and in the NBA, it always seems like where a team lands in the standings at the end of the season just depends on how they do against the teams next to them. You know, if, if the Nuggets had beaten the Lakers at home the two times that they'd been in Denver, the Lakers would have a one-game lead over them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why when you look at this, like when you're trying to hold on to the two-seed, that's just such a huge game against the Clippers, handing them a loss, getting a win. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, should be a good one. Yeah. We got uh, Eric. Or as Henry likes to call, D Line Co. Saying, let's go in all caps. Nuggets had that many people on a Tuesday. That was at our other the watch facts. party. This is just practice runs for the postseason watch oh, parties, if we're being be real, crazy. though. Yeah. Then, I've never been to one And still. then AJ wrote in all caps, AVS party with a bunch of greater signs. I you like know, so how all of you get to pretend fight. like any of this stacks up to opening day at all. <laughs> like, it's cute. It's really adorable how y'all get to have fun parties for regular season games. Wait till opening you day. You know there's going to be like an AVS game on opening day this year, right? Please opening no. day is going to be be insane. That's all I'm going to say. Opening day always is, but, but then, watch yeah, parties actually, in the playoffs dude. were amazing. We're going to be doing these all every month, so be sure to stay tuned on our Breck Brew event calendar, and then once the postseason hits, it's going to be a lot. No, <laughs> Even last late. year, I feel like I was at a bar seven nights. I, I was either at the Pepsi Center or at a bar for yeah. like two straight weeks. Yeah. We'll have to start putting up So much fun. <laughs> yeah. Friday, 8.30 though, Blake Street Tavern. Yep, Friday, 8.30, Blake Street Tavern. I've, I think I have to go check out Green Mountain Dental like for myself. I'm dealing with mm. some – I haven't mm. got my wisdom teeth removed. Yeah. Wow. I haven't either, actually. I haven't either, and I was I told either. to. Fuck me neither. <laughs> no I'm way. Old. I haven't <laughs> either. Whoa. That's a clean sweep, baby. <laughs> Yeah, That's wow. we're all so wise. We have but so I'm many feeling teeth. the pain. <laughs> I mean, Henry? just like compared to the average group of five that, people. That was his takeaway, Allie. We, we have so, so many, many teeth. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Wander is dying. He <laughs> has like a combined like 20 extra teeth. He's not. He's not. I, I only have. Man. I only have a full three, mouth. I only have three wisdom yeah. teeth. I only have How many two. Do you have? Do you have four? Yeah, I think so. I only have three. How does that happen? You have two. Yeah. My dad. I don't know how this works. I don't know how this works. I thought they're talking about four. Maybe we all need to go get a lesson from Green Mountain Dental Group and learn about our teeth. Maybe they can just yank them all out with it too. You guys do a group great. Then we could do like the next podcast over on like whatever they give you. Yeah, we can make a video of it too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the five of us uh, plus three, six. This post op. I was talking about my problems. You, you guys all added Too yours. Green <laughs> 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 okay. Mountain Dental needs to fix. I think I need to go get my wisdom teeth um, removed. And I, I've lived here for seven years, which is crazy. But I still go home to go to the dentist. So I need a new dentist. I'm going to check out Green Mountain Dental Group. You guys should, too, because they're giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. You just got to take care of your teeth. As clearly, I think we all need lessons on taking care of our teeth here at this table. Um, not because of anyone's teeth looking bad, but we just don't even know how many wisdom teeth everyone has or what. We don't even know how many teeth we have. <laughs> too many. I know we have too many. <laughs> Oh my god. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. Why did you say fight me to someone? I'm talking to AJ. Oh. It's fine. I'll get in there too. All I see is DNVR Rocky says fight me. Like, Drew, what are, have you had too many brews? AJ's talking. I've only had this one. I mean, it's huge, but... <laughs> Counts as two. Um, all right, guys. It is our favorite time. Let's go. So it's a bite me. Let's go. What? No what? teeth. Never mind. Sorry. Fight. Can we move on from the teeth? I'll get I, on my I, teeth. Heads. Did not win the Wii. Who did the most? And who did the least? Who was the dog? And who was the beast? Who's in the boat? And who's up a creek? Let's see. Who won the week? All right. Last week. It's a musical side over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, were those jazz hands? Yeah. Always. The beer's hitting. <laughs> <laughs> It's the tall boy effect. Jazz hands were required. Um, Gotta say that before. <laughs> Hold on. I, I had no idea. I'm looking for who won the week. I took a picture of it. Oh, you know mm. who won the week. <sighs> yeah, well, I'm going to read it. <laughs> All right. Last week. You know what, Drew? You re Who won the week? Despair, <laughs> sadness, and nihilism. What was it? Uh, cynicism. Despair, cynicism, and nihilism. Nihilism. By 50% over... Tad Boyle, because fans are finally appreciating him and for putting on a show Saturday. CU recruits for maturing during a tough time for the program. Split the vote. NBA, because All-Star Weekend was the best it's been in years. Yeah, that all adds up to despair and depression. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the sport of baseball almost really burned itself to the ground and it's a 150-year-old institution. You know so what? I feel like... <laughs> Okay, so I tweeted, please don't let uh, D win. Please let like vote for something else. And guess what I got a notification of as soon as the poll ended? Drew Creaseman going and retweeting <laughs> me saying, please don't let D1 win as it won. That's me. This has been the best week for baseball in the last decade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More people. So I mean, people we're talking about voted. baseball in February. 
Uh, true. <laughs> Baseball's true. thriving as far as I'm concerned. It was, it was a smart play by Drew because it was the same week that the Avs lost four forwards. Yeah. So. Oh, and the yeah. stadium there series There was a bunch of happened. comments about, oh, of this is the Avs. Yeah. This is the Avs decision. Same with Buffs fans. I mean, it was just. Yeah. Yeah. There Someone said, I mean, it has to be B, right? Um, they make a life-altering decision based on lies fed to them by a man who showed he literally never cared about any oh, of them. Oh, it 100% should I mean, been. that sounds like D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the NBA is the clear winner here. They made an all-star legitimately competitive, if only for a quarter. It was amazing to it's see great the greatest game. players in the world go hard at each other and really ball out. Drew deserves a win, and also D stands for the outdoor game. Although I had a good time, I know, unfortunately, a lot of people didn't. So thanks to everyone who voted on that and left their comments. I was very upset about it. Um... (laughs) But I guess I get it. I just want I just want positivity on this. But I literally was like, let's keep things positive. And Drew's like, negativity wins the week. Uh, the, I had that locked and ready to go before we even began the podcast. I am more anti- like a more excitement for a baseball season after this than I've had in years. Yeah, I under I get that too. Just I, the fact I, that I, there's a villain is freaking awesome. I want to watch every Astros game just to. See yeah. who gets hit. Sure. How many trash cans are getting snuck into that stadium? Oh, it's <laughs> going to be amazing. It's yeah. going to be awesome. From an entertainment standpoint, yeah. it's off the charts. I know. That's how I feel about um, this Nashville game. Like, obviously, I am rooting for the Avs, but if I get to see catfish thrown on the ice, <laughs> that would also be pretty cool experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope it doesn't. Rudo was saying there's, there was once where there was a hat trick by the other team. And then the F still won, so I'm hoping for that scenario. It, it's happened, right. you know. So I can see occasionally. Both. They probably haven't specifically banned kale from the arena like the Pepsi Center no, has. I think they have. Oh, really? I think I, in I Nashville, think I have no in idea. Nashville, I doubt it would have come <laughs> no, up. So you could probably bring kale with. There you go. Yeah, because you can at Pepsi Center. The counter throw. Yeah. Also, uh, this is a little off topic, but how about? Well, it's actually not. But how about the <laughs> Abs having two guys named Kale? Before that trade. Yeah, now they don't. What? Anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the we odds. just mentioned that? <laughs> uh, it's a Europe, northern European thing, I guess. We got wow. a kale oh here, too. God. And we have a kale here. Who's very northern European. Even though the, yes. the second yes. kale technically goes by Cali yeah, that they yeah. traded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, interesting. He should know better. That's close enough. All right. Yeah, that's true. A lot I guess, of lads. Yeah. I guess before we um, go into who won the week, the Rockies have begun spring training. That's right. Drew, you will be headed down to Arizona for most of the month of March. Yeah, yeah, oh, I'm gonna lucky. be there from. Mar- yeah, I know. Right? I'm getting away from all this snow. Uh, I'm gonna have Denver Rubber Company do the snow plow all my stuff before I leave, mm. and then I'm gonna come good back. Job. Everything yep. will be good because I won't be back till the 25th. I'll be down there for yeah, almost the entire month of March. Gonna watch some spring baseball, see what happens with this team. There's a lot of things that could possibly happen with this team. Uh, it's not going to be unentertaining. I'll, I'll say that. They won yesterday. They did. Uh, they, they had a decent little ball game. It was mostly, you know, it, we're still, it's the second game of spring training. So by the fifth inning, it's mostly double A players. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky's undefeated season confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> going all the way. For, for fans who don't 
know much about spring training and kind of is it like a, is it like preseason for the NFL? Can you kind of go into that for the people who may not know? Yeah, spring training's pretty weird. Like it gets progressively more important and more intense and more interesting. At the very beginning, like starting pitchers are only going two innings at most. Uh, pitchers in general, like you'll throw two innings at tops. Uh, most guys are going one. Starters will play a couple of innings. You can't get too carried away looking at statistics one way or the other because weird matchups will happen. There's just a the biggest difference I think between spring training and other uh, sports preseasons is that there's a huge disparity in talent at certain points. So a guy there might be a double A player on the mound throwing to major leaguers or a guy who's barely even played above single A just kind of thrown into the mix just to see what he's got. And so if somebody has huge numbers in spring training or really terrible numbers in spring training, you can't get too carried away with it. That being said, the Rockies are in a weird place right now where they have an inordinate number of people who need to have good springs. Like they need to win their jobs or they're going to lose their jobs. One of them pitched yesterday. Brian Shaw gave up a couple of runs in his first outing. And it's like, if he continues to have a bad spring, he's going to get cut and no one's going to have a problem with that. And that spot will need to go to somebody else. And there there are a few veteran players who need to bounce back. Who Uh, are a few of those names? So uh, one who had a positive day yesterday is Daniel Murphy. Like he's not going to lose his spot. But, like, Daniel Murphy needs to have a good spring to, like, a, like lessen some of the fears of, of the fans. I don't know if we're calling Kyle Freeland a veteran yet in year four, uh, but he needs to have a good spring. He's one of the guys who absolutely – and Wade Davis is the guy I would say it's most important. He hasn't pitched yet. Like, if he has a really bad spring, uh, there's going to be some alarms going off. Like, uh, those are the guys you need to show, like – They've done something to get it back. Surely casual Rockies fans are shocked to know there's a lot of pitchers on this <laughs> yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's mostly it's mostly pitchers. The the more fun players who, if they have a good spring, could make make you think, oh, okay, this could get interesting, are guys like Ryan McMahon, who's honestly crushed spring training two years in a row, so there's not a, a huge thing there. Sam Hilliard is a guy to really um, keep your eyes on. And it sounds like Brendan Rodgers is going to get out there and oh, play. Okay. And it, hmm. we at first it didn't sound like – like at most, he was maybe going to be able to DH near the end of the spring, but he's way ahead of his schedule. That's Thomas Harding's quote, way ahead of the schedule in terms of his injury recovery. So we'll see some Brendan Rodgers this spring, the Rockies' top prospect, kind of by a landslide. Um, so, there, yeah, there are some fun position guys, young guys who you want to see just stay healthy and get out there. Like David Dahl hit a ball onto the highway the other day and went foul, but it was like that's, that's what you want to see. Like that's the that's the kind of stuff. But it's yeah, spring training in baseball is so much more about process than results. You want to see pitchers hitting spots. You want to see position players hitting line drives, looking solid on defense, and not get too wrapped up in the numbers. All right. Well, baseball. Woo! Hooray! Back. I positive. love baseball. Yes, I'll be positive this week. Nothing, Yay. nothing new bad has happened. Oh. <laughs> the same. But Jose Altuve got hit. It was yeah. hilarious. I was going to say, that guy, that pitcher should win the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who hit Jose Altuve yeah. wins the week. Mason oh. Saunders wins the week. <laughs> All right, we'll start with you, Drew. Why? Who won the week? 
Oh, but I'll, I'll just go with the obvious here. The Colorado Rockies win the week because baseball is back. Everyone seems to be in a way better mood than I expected showing up to spring training with all this offseason. It's almost like they got it all off their chest. Like somebody came out and voiced their problems. Now they know there's nothing they can do about it. Like everyone looks happy. It's I don't know if they're putting on faces, but Trev and Nolan and David Dahl and Charlie Blackman looked happy. Uh, the, the pitchers are all battling for their lives and their jobs. <laughs> they're, they're a little more. They're a little more focused in but the guys who are the core of the team appear to be in a good spot baseball is returned hooray baseball greater than not baseball that's my that's my (laughs) argument um someone said uh the person who said that they enjoyed the person who was drinking the most it was the they go the person who knows nothing about the buffs how dare you and now now they say okay okay now i see why this guy is on here (laughs) (laughs) why even i know right who is that man the first says like why is the guy in the flash hat (laughs) (laughs) doesn't know you tune into this podcast for like the first time sometimes it might take a a second to figure out what's going on Uh, and that's just because we talk about everything going yeah. on in the Denver sports world. Um, for for more, if you want to hear Drew on a Rockies podcast, go All listen right. to DNVR Rockies. I, I have one of those. Yeah. Or any of these guys on their team podcast. All right, uh, Rudo, go. Uh, obviously, Pavel Francos won the week. Mm. Literally the first star in the NHL of the week with a shutout and uh, 3-0-1. Basically as good as you can do as a goaltender. Not only that, the Evs signed him, extended him, two years, two million per, so he's going to get that bread as well. Make it happen. All right, time. Get that bread. I thought thought you were going to maybe do Kaut. He got his first point, and that was awesome, but Francois got the bag. so He got the bag. He got the bread. He got free honey cheese bread with a mention of DNVR at Bojo's. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. All right, Hank. I actually typed Hank into Twitter the other day by mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need to change I was it. I responding and I was like, Hank, oh, there's no, oh, Dude, his name is Henry. Yeah. Why did yeah. I think that? It's weird. The, the brand is strong. All right, Henry, go. Okay, this is an easy one. It's Carl Durrell getting his dream job in Colorado. Oh. Um, he got his coaching start here. He coached all Americans here. This is where he's always wanted to be. His, his child was born just over the hill. He already has a house here. This is the best week of Carl Durrell's life, getting to lead the program he wanted to come back wow. to. And I think it's going to pan out for the buffs too. As he said, dream job, dream job, dream job over and over. And then he said, you know what? You're getting the best of me because this is what I'm here to do. He wants to be the next. Time. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only. I was going to say, did, did you see yeah. the way he followed instructions? Oh, my God. Oh, I need to you. invite yeah. Tur- you more. Turns out, turns out I'm the one who yeah. has the reaction time to stop, not those yeah, who with their masks. Ladies, ears. this is the guy you bring home to your parents. I was 10 oh. seconds available. under time. Very, Excuse very me. available. But oh. when you're overtime, <laughs> you Have I ever going. gone overtime, ever? I think you have. Oh, I haven't. Hank, you're never allowed back on the podcast. <laughs> that was again. amazing. Man. Thank you. Aww. That was amazing. Thanks. I, love I just feel really bad that nobody is going to get to know who he wants to be the next. Okay, finish um. your statement. <laughs> McCartney. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he probably made more money than Francois too. So. No, 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 no. It's no, fine. No, you should say no, no, that no, that. No. Won't you should say that one statement over again so people ju- just heard McCartney and oh. they're very confused. Uh, he's going to be the next McCartney. Coached okay. under him. There you go. All, same vibes. All right. Wow. 
I love that the Talk best week of not his too life much pressure was was getting <laughs> this coaching gig, and not the, the week his kid was born. Not his children. Not his marriage. No. Oh, he won the week. Right, Harrison. Go. Nuggets won the week. After beating Minnesota, they're 39-18. and 18. That's the best regular season start in franchise history through 57 games. Nuggets have never had a better start to the season than the one they're having right now. And the best part about it is they're trending up. They're trending in the right direction. Everybody is healthy for the first time since the middle of November. And so everything is just yeah. coming together at the right time. Best start in franchise history. Everybody's healthy. Now is when they start to build momentum Time. for what should be a great playoff push. Same. <laughs> Finish the sentence. Time means you have two seconds left. Seconds. <laughs> you got to explain that. It's a grace rule. If you are on, if you are midway through your last sentence, you should be able to wrap up your sentence. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Guys, before I used to give you guys like, okay, ten seconds, five seconds. But that was when we had a full minute. Yeah. Would you oh, like me out. to do that again? No, no I like no, how this it is, is better. No, no. Like okay. I just wanted to make sure. You know, I can't believe I used to give you guys a full yeah, minute that, of time weird. to talk. Right, dark days. <laughs> Six times too much for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you'd finish in like ten yeah, seconds. I'm like, uh, okay. This guy was good. He uh, deserved to win. Baseball coming back is not gonna win. You guys had good answers. No one's excited well, for the return of Rockies You get to use the same thing baseball. again in April. So I know, right? I know. <laughs> Opening day, baby. <laughs> well, I think Avs are just going to win the week because people are going to rally. Let's go, Frankie. Frankie. It's a good week. Even though Harrison and Nuggets have a rough Hank time. had a good, good debates. Literally the best week of his life. He okay. got married okay. and has children. Yeah. <laughs> I, again, you talk to football coaches, though. You know, talking to Mel, what is the one moment that it most influenced you? It's like, well, there was this game we lost at Michigan State. It's like, you have two children yeah, and a well, wife. We, well, we shouldn't take Mel's word for what it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. We had to get something. Integrity. Uh, bastion of integrity. Ha uh, hashtag. Hashtag integrity. Well, oh. thank you to everyone who has stayed listening on the podcast and the 26 live viewers we still have on here after like an hour and 20 of <laughs> Guys, uh, really you. just talking thank all you. Denver sports. Be sure to subscribe to the Denver Sports Podcast feed for podcasts like this every week and then bonus pods that we throw in there every once in a while. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Finishing your beer, Drew. All right, ready, ready to wrap roll. up now. We'll see you guys next week.